This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Everyone, this is the other side of midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Well, it's Friday, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Frank. That means for the first hour of our program, we have an action packed edition of Ask Frank Anything coming your way. I would suggest if you have a question on any subject, you try to call in quickly because we now only have five phone lines. So they are going to fill up pretty quickly in all likelihood. Our phone number, if you have a question, is 1-800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. We don't have a cash prize or a creative prize for whomever comes up with the best question today, but we do have a magnet. That's right. A The Other Side of Midnight magnet can be yours if you come up with the best question in the eyes of our staff. Now, meantime, Westchester County District Attorney Mimi Roca announced yesterday afternoon that she would not be seeking re-election to a second term next year. She said she will serve out the final 14 months of her existing term. I wonder what this is about, because Mimi Roca is a relatively young woman. She seems to have a very promising political career. I don't know if this is a reflection of broader ambitions on her part to make money, to run for some other office, or if there's some sort of scandal here. I have no information that that's the case. I just don't know why she would make an announcement this far removed from her re-election that she's not going to be running for re-election. Miriam Roca happens to be one of only three people in the world that I'm aware of that has blocked me on Twitter. The other two being Mark Simone and Randy Credico. And because Mimi Roca is a public official who I, as a taxpayer in the state of New York, am helping to pay her salary, I am actually going to be trying to go to court to have that block removed. I'm going to try and do that quickly before she leaves office. I'm going to have my lawyer work on that today. We'll see where that goes. Wish me luck. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good. Tomorrow, everyone, this is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Moreno. I've been talking a lot in these commentaries and on Sid Rosenberg's radio program, including just yesterday, and uh, thank you again, Sid Rosenberg, for having me on your program, about all these races in New York City that are uncontested, and I think that's a real shame. Well, I've been somewhat negligent in covering the same misfortune happening to voters in New Jersey. I was 
was kind of looking only at the state legislative races, and a lot of those seem to be pretty heavily contested. Well, thanks to the Asbury Park Press, I know that that's not the case at the Jersey Shore. Half a million Jersey Shore voters are going to head to the polls this year and find at least one race on the ballot where their choice may already be made for them. Nearly two-thirds of all municipal and school board elections in Monmouth and Ocean counties are uncontested. That's according to the clerk's offices in those two counties. Just over half of all uncontested races at the Jersey Shore are local and regional school board elections. Last year, about 56% of all races were uncontested. In towns with partisan elections, the vast majority of uncontested elections, 53 of 59, are without Democratic candidates. I have to say, this is such a shame, and I don't know what to do about it. In the partisan elections, it's easy to cast blame at the opposing major party. They're not doing an effective enough job recruiting candidates or convincing candidates to run. And believe me, I know it's tough. I've been in that position. I'm not sure how to solve the problem in the nonpartisan races because you can't force people to run for office. And what do you do if you live in a democracy and people just don't want to participate? They don't want to take the time to run for an office that in all likelihood they can't win. I don't know what the solution is, but I think we need to work overtime, all of us, those of us in the media, those of us in politics, those of us in the public, those of us just across the board. We need to think about what we can do to get more people running for office. I think part of it is we've come to view people who run for office as such charlatans, such crooks, almost like used car salesmen that people think to themselves, oh, not only do I not want to do that, I don't want to encourage my child to do that. Well, let me tell you, I not only am uh, more seriously than ever considering running for office myself, but I'm going to encourage my son to do the same thing. And I hope you will also consider running for office. If not you, who? If not now, when? Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Well, some sad news for those of us who are fans of local New York journalism and great New York journalists. Investigative reporter Arnold Diaz, a New York City staple best known for his Shame on You segments, died this week at 74 years of age. You know Arnold Diaz, and I think if you don't know him by name, you know him when he frames subjects in a certain manner, a manner like this. Ed Berlin sent his money in six months ago, Moses Prather a year ago, yet neither of them has gotten a fax machine. All they get is a runaround from Distribution International. And when we began investigating this company, we discovered that theirs are only two among dozens of names of investors who put money in but got no fax machine. Apparently, he suffered from multiple myeloma, and that's very tough, and it takes a lot out of you. It's a blood cancer that develops in plasma cells in the bone marrow. But Arnold Diaz was a journalist's journalist. He won 48 New York Emmy Awards throughout his prestigious career. And he was a reporter for Channel 2, Channel 5, Channel 7, and Channel 11. That is four out of the five New York 
TV stations. Do you know of any other reporter that has done four out of the five? I can think of maybe one, although I don't think so. No, uh, that person I'm thinking of only did three out of the uh, out of the five. And it's a reflection of how in demand he was. Why was he in demand? Because when you watched Arnold Diaz do these shame on you segments, you got the impression that it was possible to get justice. You got the impression that it was possible to fight City Hall. And he would shame the people that were taking advantage of others. Gave birth to a whole new genre of consumer interest journalism. I wish we could do something like that here at this radio station. In fact, in Arnold Diaz's memory, I am actually going to suggest that to our owner and see if maybe we can do the same thing. But he would track down and confront these con artists or these unscrupulous people. And people loved him for it because you got the sense that Arnold Diaz fought on the side of the angels. And what he said was, and I think this was a very astute observation of what it was that he was doing. He said, what I do is the video equivalent of putting people in the stocks, like in the old town squares, so honest people can throw rotten tomatoes at them. That's exactly what he did. He, through putting the bad guys on TV, allowed us to throw verbal and mental tomatoes at them. So he's going to be missed, and he's left quite a legacy behind thoughts and prayers to all his family and his friends. Beam me up! To be continued. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. I have to tell you, this is a big victory, what I consider to be a big victory for the taxpayers of the state of New York and residents of Nassau County on Long Island. We have been telling you about this battle by residents of Long Beach to keep the Equinor Wind Farm land cable out of the city. Well, uh, a few days ago, Governor Kathy Hochul vetoed the bill that would have allowed them to move forward with the construction through Long Beach. In addition, the New York State Public Service Commission rejected Equinor's request to increase funding for the wind farm projects from 27% to 66%. I have to tell you, a few things about these offshore wind farms have never sat well with me. In spite of what the so-called experts say, I do think there's at least a possibility that the beginning stages of this wind farm construction offshore has played a role in all of these whale deaths that we've been seeing. Additionally, I think if people want to explore renewable energy, wind, sun, biomass, you name it, I think that's great. But I really don't think that these renewable energy plans should be totally dependent upon subsidies for the taxpayer. Wind energy is not as reliable as other forms of energy, including nuclear. And I think to ask the taxpayers to foot the bill so that a private company, in this case Equinor, can get rich in the process is totally inappropriate. It's corporate welfare or crony capitalism at its worst. 
first. And I think Governor Kathy Hochul did the right thing here. After all, the beach is considered parkland. The state would have to give Long Beach permission to alienate a parcel to land the cable. And language to do this was tucked into the statewide wind power bill over the objection of the elected officials who represent the area. And uh, this is a victory for the taxpayers. Most important, a victory for the residents of Long Beach. I'm sure they're going to be back at it, and that's great. If they come up with a more responsible plan, a plan that uh, residents aren't willing to riot over, great. But don't ask us to foot the bill for it. Beam me up. To be continued.